Hello, and welcome to EQ Above IQ, Parenting with Emotional Intelligence and Healing the Inner Child. My name is Trina Casey, and I'm your host. It's been a while, it's been another week, and I am, wow, kind of speechless with what's been going on in the world. Um, Excuse the background noise, unfortunately, I'm in a construction zone again. Uh, (laughs) Can't seem to escape all the building that's happening. Some positive, some negative. Anyways, my point is, if you hear some background noise that I cannot edit out, that's what's going on. So I'm not, there's a saw in the background, not sawing somebody up. (laughs) The point is, is that um, right now, you know, there's a lot of changes and we have another strand of COVID. And I want to reach out to everyone and just say, let's be emotionally intelligent about it. Let's get into our bodies. Let's get self-aware about what is the problem instead of, you know, with ourselves, what's it triggering, what fears, and let's not blame others for those responses. Let's regulate ourselves, breathing, meditation, talking to a friend, talking to a coach like me, talking to a therapist, whatever you need to do to get yourself regulated and get healthy coping mechanisms in your arsenal so that we don't go out into the world with negative motivation and also without compassion. We need to have compassion for each other at this time. We're all in the same boat. We're all carrying a bit of anxiety and fear about the future and what that's gonna look like. Children are just now going back to school, maybe part-time, maybe they're still online. And this has been so emotionally hard on them, my child especially too. So we're, we're all going through these changes, but we are one community and we need to get along socially. And the better we do that, the better we can make the changes necessary to put, create that 10 generations of healthier beings in this planet. There is a Native American proverb that basically loosely translates to, it is our obligation to leave this planet, to think about the next 10 generations, to leave this planet and this world a better place. So let's start really, encompassing that within ourselves and think about this in a way that is going to bring us together and heal a lot of pain going on. So basically on this episode though, I wanted to talk about something that has affected many people in my life and in my family. And it's a question that I'm even asking around my own child and it's the autism spectrum disorder. And what's really interesting is that this impacts how a person perceives and socializes with others. It causes problems in social interaction and communication. And if we haven't seen this, if you haven't seen this happening currently, you've been under a rock, okay? The thing is, is that it's also something that is being more diagnosed because we didn't have the tool sets or the understanding or the emotional intelligence to understand that these beautiful indigo rainbow children that I see them as are kind of just on this spectrum of different, that's not bad, that's not good, that's not normal, that's not abnormal, they're just who they are. And I want society to learn how to embrace these people who I honestly have believe have been around since the beginning of time. You know, they were the shaman. They were the the hermit on the hill. They were the movers and the shakers of change and developmental and industry and all kinds of things. 
And it depends on where they were on the spectrum. And the truth is, I feel like we're all a little bit on the uh, autism spectrum in certain ways. So in this episode, I'm going to talk about some of the, the signs of the disorder. And I wonder if any of these actually kind of connect with you, because I actually, some of them connected with me when I took a, a look back in my childhood. And and also more and more adults are being um, diagnosed or acknowledging that they may be on the spectrum as well. So, so like I said, there are different separations of this disorder. Some, a lot of you may know of the term Asperger syndrome, which is kind of like the lesser of or more mild version of the spectrum. And usually these kids and people are just absolutely brilliant. They can do numbers faster. And so the spectrum has different variables. And so therefore we can't put anybody in a particular box, but usually we can see the signs around mm, the first two years by age two, because in those beginning months, you know, our kids are developing the way they should as far as that uh, box created by doctors. <laughs> you know, when you're supposed to walk, when you're supposed to talk, how you make eye contact, all those things. So, or how much you're growing, your weight. There needs to be flexibility within those those uh, parameters. And I think a lot of more doctors are seeing that mm, they necessarily don't correlate with a healthy or unhealthy child. So each child, like I said, has unique pattern of behaviors and levels of severity. So I'm going to just talk about a few of the common ticks on the box that people will have if they have these signs. So fails to respond to his or her name and appears to not hear you at times, you know, kind of spaced out. Um, resists cuddling or holding, seems to prefer to play alone, likes to be in their own world. Hey, I'm like that sometimes. <laughs> uh, has poor eye contact or lacks facial expression, doesn't speak or has delayed speech or loses previous ability to say certain words or sentences, just kind of forgets, goes into their world again. They can find it difficult to start a conversation or keep one going only starts to make uh, to have one with to make requests or label items um, speaks I, I call that let me go back I call that speaking when only necessary <laughs> I wish more people did that anyway speaks with an or abnormal tone or rhythm that may be like uh, a sing-along sing-song voice or a robot like voice you know I am Trina and um, that type of thing. Repeats words or phrases verbatim, but really doesn't understand how to use them. So they learn them and it's kind of gone in this database, but they don't know how to apply them in the right way. Doesn't appear to understand simple questions or directions. I know several people like that. <laughs> doesn't express emotions or feelings or and appears unaware of others. That was my last relationship. <laughs> Okay, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna bash. Okay, uh, doesn't point at or bring objects to share uh, interests. Uh, inappropriate approaches to social interaction, being passive, being aggressive, being disruptive. We see that a lot, especially with little boys. And I will tell you, little boys, unfortunately, are the ones that are 
more high on this autism spectrum than girls. Uh, has a difficult time recognizing nonverbal cues, such as how people's face are, their facial, their body expressions, and their tone of voice, you know, tone of voice, tone, tone police. And there are certain patterns of behavior um, that both a child and adult with autism spectrum disorder may have. They may have limited or repetitive patterns of behavior. So performs repetitive movements such as rocking, spinning, hand flapping, touching the fingers, banging the head on, on things. And that, like I said, that depends on what level. It could be slight. It could be just a twerk of the neck, stuff like that. Performs activities that could cause self-harm, such as biting and head banging. I said that, head banging. Develops routines and rituals and becomes disturbed at the slightest change. That would be somebody who's on a little bit more severe spectrum, but I see that in children all the time. My child does not like his routine messed up. It really causes a lot of anxiety. What adult doesn't like their routine disturbed, you know? I think that's across the board. I think we all like our comfort of routine, and that's why um, society functions in, in so many ways. Has problems with coordination or odd movement, can be very clumsy or walking on the tiptoes and um, stiff or exaggerated body language. <laughs> I saw, my, I remember my little brother used to always walk on his tiptoes. Very sensitive light, sound, or touch, yet may be indifferent to pain or temperature. Yeah, I've seen cutting habits of people who, you know, this has fall, fallen into other mental health disorders of self-harm, but maybe, maybe they're just on the spectrum. Maybe a lot of the mental health disorders and um, issues that we have are actually connected to this. Who knows? Doesn't engage in um, make-believe or play or imaginative play. Fixates on an object or activity with abnormal intensity or focus like I have to do this I have to get this done I can be a little OCD around certain things so or food preferences well what little kid do you know not have food preferences <laughs> you know I think the majority of children at some point will only eat certain things certain food textures and certain you know um, taste, I cannot stand certain textures in my mouth even. So, in, and as they get older, the, some of these children may become more engaged with others and fewer disturbances in behavior. Like they may not, these things may not cause them the same amount of distress as when they were little. So what is causing this? Like I said, I don't really feel personally, from my observations of my almost 50 years on this planet, yes, I'm almost 50. I know I look good for my age, but <laughs> I, I don't see these as abnormal. And actually in my study of history, I see this has happened from the beginning of time. So I don't know if there's a specific cause and they haven't found one. There is none. We have pointed at in genetics 
and it does pass from one parent to another. We have seen mutations in genes. I think that we're also also an evolving species. So of course, certain things are going to change. I am, I am positive we are much different than Paleolithic man <laughs> or original Homo sapien, right? I, I, I'm pretty sure we do things a little bit different and our bodies have developed, our brains have developed differently because of our environment. And of course, there's environmental uh, factors they're saying, because man, we use a lot more pesticides. Some researchers are looking into uh, viral infections, medications, um, complications during pre pregnancies. So like your child didn't get enough oxygen to their brain because of an umbilical cord, being stuck, air pollutants. And also some of these things, especially like pesticides, have been known to be hormone disruptors. And as a woman who is currently perimenopausal <laughs> and has PMDD, it's not fun. I have to be very careful about which foods I eat and pesticides. Uh, are they spraying? I can't be in, a, I can't live in a place where there's pesticides being sprayed. I've noticed my symptoms increase astronomically. So we, we've got to do this. And then of course, the big debate is, is this vaccine caused? Well, they say no, but you know, vaccines are, are again, another variable, just like everything else that is outside of our bodies that is put into our bodies. So I, they can't say yes, but they can't say no, in my opinion, though they insist on saying no, but I'm not going to make this episode about my opinion about vaccines or not. So let's just move right on. And so there are certain risk factors of autism and you know one of them is sad and but unfortunately very true boys are about four times more likely to develop autism spectrum disorder than girls are and that could and like I said it could be just that uh, difference between the Y and X uh, chromosome um, but there are a lot of other mental disorders that are predominantly male than female and so this is just one also is there other people in your family line i wrote this paper and if you want to read it, it's on my website uh, or, or actually it's on medium as well a world created by sociopaths and because there are certain chromosomes that sociopaths carry they call it the oh god uh, I'm losing it. <laughs> I wrote a paper on it, but I lost it. Um, the brain is going, people. No, it's not. No, it's not. I'm going to think positive about it. I'm just tired and it's early in the morning. Um, the This particular gene in our body, and in, in males' bodies in particular, cause people to go crazy. It's psychotic. Murderers carry it. And, I, and, and the scientist that actually did this study, he carries it and he saw it in the imaging when he, he did the imaging of his whole entire family. He saw that he had the same imaging as a sociopath, hmm? a psychopath, excuse me, psychopath. 
and um, that he actually carried a lot of those traits and those traits are being extremely competitive um, major like to to the point of aggression being um, pretty uh, nasty with his words he said he could be he's aware of it and uh, yeah manipulative so yeah if you're you know if you'd like to go get your brain image let's see what's going on there <laughs> But it, like I said, it's predominantly males. And I honestly explained a lot of the problems in the world. I'm not male bashing. I'm just pointing out truths. We got to point out the truths that's going on in the world right now. So let's let's be honest. And so we can actually fix them if possible. So that's what emotional intelligence is about. If you can do like this professor did and acknowledge your narcissism or your manipulative behavior things like that you are one step closer to actually changing them but if you never can acknowledge them nothing's going to change and so is the order of the world <laughs> so there's also some disorders back to um, some risk factors around autism children with um, medical conditions have higher risk than others of autism spectrum disorder or autism-like symptoms like they will have a fragile X syndrome an inherited disorder that causes intellectual problems tuberculosis benign tumors that develop in the brain Rett syndrome a genetic condition occurring almost exclusively in girls which can cause slow the slowing of the head growth and intellectual disability and loss of purposeful hand use also extremely premature babies are more at risk so any child born before 26 weeks of um, gestation will have a higher risk of being on the spectrum and the parents ages so the older you are as a parent the higher likelihood that your kid could be on the spectrum now like I said I am not completely a hundred percent in agreement with that because so many people are having children much older that could be the variable of why there are higher cases because we're not having kids when we're 13 anymore like we have historically so this could be a big part of it it could be the age but um it could not be the age anyways there are certain complications as well um in regards to that spectrum if you're on it, it could lead to pretty a lot of frustration in school not feeling like you can fit in not being able to get on task with work social isolation if there's any stress in the family and then which is a common occurrence right now lots of parents are divorcing there's uh, obviously the concept of being there being abuse and stuff like that and also if if your child is being victimized or bullied this also creates a lot of complications for kids with autism and unfortunately it is so frequent and prevalent i've seen it since my childhood you know to be different is to be a target and it's such an unfortunate thing and we need as a society to embrace each other's differences i have seen that starting to happen more and more but i really 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 hope that we can get to a place in our culture and our society where we can use emotional intelligence to really heal all of these inner child wounds that we have been subjected to as children because we can't heal 
the adult we are now without healing the child we were then. So that's why I call this podcast Parenting with Emotional Intelligence and Healing the Inner Child. We have to start with the inner child as parents. And then we become the parents we want to be. We become the parents that we wanted to have as children as we parent the children we have now. Isn't that beautiful? Doesn't that sound great? I know that I'm going through that process every day with my son and it's it's beautifully challenging. It's sometimes I feel like I'm winning and then sometimes I feel like I'm failing. But every time I feel like I'm failing, I remind myself that I am self-aware, that the fact that I feel like I'm failing is a good sign that I am being emotionally intelligent about the process that I'm going through in my healing. I hope this episode gave you some really good information that can help you even parent your child with autism, diagnosed or undiagnosed. If you have a suspicion, please go check with your pediatrician and see if you can get your child diagnosed work with your your child's school if they will work with you. I do hear a lot of horror stories from all over the world where parents of autistic children just can't get the support that they need because the schools don't have the infrastructure. And this is why I want to create schools that are integral, that teach children at all levels, um, whether they're on the autism one or not, that they are valued that they have purpose, that they can be a part of this world and society and to be passionate for themselves and others. So anyways, thanks for listening. I hope you have a blessed day.